Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Syrupcast, Mobile Syrup's Canadian tech-focused podcast. It's been a while. I think it's been almost a month since we've had a regular Syrupcast episode. There was a... What did Dean call the video game podcast? I was arguing with him about the name somewhat recently. Syrup Arcade Cast. Is that what it ended up being? No. I got to open it. It couldn't have been. No, it did. I think it did. I'm going to open think, it up. I think that's what it was. Check. That sounds yeah, right. Syrup, Syrup Arcade Cast. That was the name that he demanded, which is a video game focused episode that'll happen, um, I think, probably bi-monthly, hosted by Dean, and then Brad Shankar is also on it. But this is the standard Syrup Cast hosted by myself, Patrick O'Rourke, and Brad Bennett, a man who still refers to himself as the bad boy of tech and recently lived up to that name in some respects. Thank How you. are you doing, Brad? I'm good. Yeah, I'm always, I like to think I'm always trying to live up to my name. So it's just really a battle between that and the job and the nerdiness of it keeping me down. <laughs> keeping you down. And John is also on the podcast this week. How are you doing, John? I'm doing pretty good. Um, just, you know, doing that, that baby thing hanging out with my uh, daughter and living life. Oh, you know, there was a skunk outside my front door last night. Wow. Things got kind of dicey. <laughs> there are so many skunks in my neighborhood. It's insane. Like if I go for a walk, I'll, no exaggeration, see at least like five. Yeah, Even it really center. sucks. There, there's a lot around where I live. It's really annoying in like the summer when you have those like kind of cool nights where you want to just have the window open and vibe. And it's like after 9 p.m., it just smells like skunk all the time. Oh, really? That's tough. Yeah. That sucks. Tough. Bennett, tell us about your setup before we get into the actual podcast. Oh, yeah. You have like a crazy I, filming setup this week. I was just talking about this before the podcast, but um, this is probably like the first time where the Apple ecosystem has just worked seamlessly for me. So as I've been getting more and more into video, I've been using like the podcast and meetings to like just sort of work on my setup every time. And it's just like growing out of control. So we got my regular mic, USB plugged into my computer, which is over here, um, which is where we're running Zencaster, which we do the recording from. But since the computer is over there, which it is over there, so I can keep eye line with the guys on webcam while still seeing my actual camera, which is the view that you guys are probably seeing on the video podcast if you're watching it. But to keep all those things, we got camera in the back computer in the middle and then me over here with the ipad camera's connected to nothing unfortunately because when i connect it to my computer zencaster like limits it to like 720p and the footage just looks really bad so i got to do that separately but to keep the eye lines matched i put the computer up on a box on like the other side of this table that i'm sitting at you might actually be able to see a corner of it in the the actual shot but the cool thing is using the ipad with a keyboard connected to it i can universal control and like i can go onto my computer and like open the chrome window and just visit mobileserver.com and do whatever and it's actually kind of awesome to be able to control all of that from the ipad screen and then also while podcasting i can just tap on the ipad screen and it's like silent to look up things and that's not all fully in the apple ecosystem i'm not even using my webcam on my computer to talk to the guys i've got 
my iPhone over here with another view, and that's just what a setup. What a setup. That's incredible. That's just how we got it all going. And uh, yeah, this has been kind of a fun little experiment. But iOS 16, is that what it is? Yeah, iOS 16 and then macOS Ventura, that camera continuity thing is very, very cool. And then I guess last year's universal control, the way that all of the Apple devices are truly like wirelessly tying together is, is actually starting to become something kind of interesting. I totally forgot that universal control existed. Like I used it when it first came out. Like I'd have my iPad set up beside me and like, I don't know, have like analytics running on it or something. And it was super neat that it exists. But then like after the first, I don't know, month, I just forgot about it. And I, this is the first time that it's like appeared in my brain since. And that's because you're doing this crazy, like semi-professional filming setup with it. I honestly forgot too. like, I was just down here trying to like look something up on the iPad and I couldn't find the cursor. And I was like, what, what is going on? Like, is this like not connected? And then I look up and the cursor's like waving on my Mac screen. And I was like, oh my goodness, it's all coming together. <laughs> I don't even know. What okay. I'm going to Photoshop something mid like chat. I'm just going to pull it up. Just do it in the middle of the podcast yeah. and just, just like drop it on top of the video on top of your screen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this isn't a podcast, but Brad's uh, sick filming setup this week we're going to talk about black friday i think it's just generally speaking like a pretty casual conversation black friday like was not a thing in canada 10 years ago ish like i'm old enough to remember that like it didn't used to exist and i remember yeah. working at it was my first like journalism job at canada.com and my editor like asked me to do a Black Friday deal roundup. And I was like, I don't know what this is. And I had to like research it and figure it out. <laughs> like, it was back then it was nothing like the deals that were being offered were like it was only a couple of retailers. Like I think Future Shop, which no longer exists, had had some Black Friday sales. Um, I think I think Zellers, which also no longer exists, has some Black Friday sales. But like generally it wasn't it wasn't. You know what also you know what also doesn't exist, but probably had some Black Friday sales. Target. Sears. Now, Target Sears. still exists in the States. In the or does States, Sears exist in the States? Or does Sears go down no, everywhere? No, I think Sears was Canadian, I think. Sears is was Canadian. It? Yeah. All yeah. right, that's a sinking ship that's done then. It's gone, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, my, my, my point is just that, like, this is still a relatively new sale event thing in Canada. And I think in some ways it's overshadowed Boxing Day, which was, like, our version of Black Friday. Black Friday was always, like, an American thing. Um, and last year black friday sucked like i don't think there was any really worthwhile deals this year i've seen a few things that have like stood out to me i guess just to kick it off like how do you guys feel about just generally speaking like the things that different retailers are offering this year are they actually deals or is it just a bunch of shit that they're slightly discounting in hopes that you buy a bunch of other crap at their stores um, I feel like for me, I, well, I pay more attention to the carrier deals. Uh, those probably stood out more to me. Um, and I would say that carrier deals are a little bit better this year than what I've seen, um, yeah, previous years, so. definitely last year, last year, it felt like all of the carriers were basically just like, Hey, our plans, no, no discounts or deals. there. plans are the same as what you would get any other time of the year. And maybe there was a couple deals on phones, but it was like, only if you agreed to return the phone after two years and, and nonsense like that. Um, there's still a lot of that this year, but I think there's a lot of decent plan deals. I'm getting, if you guys remember the $65, 10 gig plan that happened a couple of years ago, yep, I'm kind of getting 65, 10 gig plan vibes this year, even though the deals are a lot better than that. Um, 
So like 55, 20 is like the main thing unless you go in store. So yeah, that might even be dropping. I've been seeing some, I haven't checked it up online today, but before we were recording, I was seeing some red flag deal posts about the stores even dropping maybe down to like 35 uh, yeah, or 20 yeah. gigs. So it's like maybe the online will drop on Black Friday to that, that $40 deal that we saw in stores earlier this week, which would be really exciting, but we'll have to see. And John, like we were, th- this podcast will go up on Friday, literally on Black Friday. Just, just to be clear with, with listeners, we're recording it on Wednesday. John, in our meeting. Black Wednesday. Black Wednesday, yeah. You you were mentioning that like uh, across mobile syrup, like this is deal season for us. Like we like to joke that we call ourselves deal syrup at this time of year. Um, it's not exactly not fun work, but I think it's true. it's one hundred percent true. It's not exactly fun work, but it's something that we have to do both for traffic, affiliate, all all kinds of reasons, but also because we want to give readers like useful resources, and we're one of the few uh, publications in Canada that actually covers this stuff. So on the carrier side, you were saying in our weekly meeting that you expect more deals to show up, even though like the official lists of every carrier's Black Friday stuff is already live and like we've written about it. You think there's going to be more stuff coming even just on actual Black Friday? Yeah, I do. I think think that'll be the case for retailers as well, not just carriers, but like TELUS, for example, I saw the other day their website had like a countdown on it where like every, you know. 24 or 48 hours or whatever the count countdown was, they were launching new deals. Um, and already since uh, I think the official carrier roundup that I wrote was uh, from November 15th. And since then I've already added several updates to it uh, with new deals or changes and stuff like that. Cause a lot of the deals came out and then the carrier started matching what other carriers were doing. Cause there was a very brief window where like, everything was different and then now it's all kind of unified and you know one carrier was offering that 55 20 gig plan i mentioned and other ones weren't and now they're offering it they're all offering it so um i expect yeah there might be a couple deals that aren't available yet that'll drop on black friday i don't know if it'll be anything crazy good or or big um but i expect something will happen on the carrier side was there anything that stood out from one of the providers like are the flankers offering stuff that's better than the big three like is there anything i guess anything that you you would highlight to to listeners as like the sickest deal on the carrier yeah that you've seen yeah um so basically what it comes down to is one i think the flankers uh and just to clarify when i say the flankers i'm referring to uh kudo virgin plus and fido which are owned by telus bell and rogers respectively um, Can I just jump in for a second? I would even maybe argue this year that public mobile could be thrown in that in that bucket. You know, they make good deals in yeah. 4G data, so they're pretty. They own public that. Rogers. Uh, tell us. I think tell us. Yeah. Um, and I, I was going to get to that. Um, okay, sorry. <laughs> so it's okay. We're jumping the gun a little bit here. Anyway, uh, Kudo deals? Virgin and Fido, uh, I think, are offering some of the better uh, deals this year. Um, in two regards, first off on the plan side, um, they have 55, 20 gig, and I think $60, 25 gig, which are both pretty decent. And then you can get even better if you go in store, a lot of the in-store offers have a limited time bill credit. So you can get down to $40, 20 gig for 15 months. And then it goes up to the 55 and some are even going lower. I've seen 35 and even 30, 20 gig, um, in-store offers only. So if you're willing to venture out into the wild wild 
uh, world out there, you can potentially find some better deals uh, if you're willing to kind of reassess in 15 months time, which is basically Black Friday next year. Uh, so that'll carry you through. Um, and, and then on the phone uh, side. Wait, sorry, the last thing on that one that's kind of a plus, kind of not a plus, is that like those are mostly new activation deals. So you would have to switch away from your existing carrier, which generally yeah, yes. means throughout that 15-month pe- period, the carrier you switched away from is just going to be calling you like, I want you back. I want you back. Yeah. And so you might get a better deal that way as well. That's that's a great point. And anecdotally, um, I've been bouncing between win-back deals. Uh, I used to be with Kudo. Uh, and then I briefly switched to Bell because I worked at a place where I got uh, like an employee discount with Bell. And then when I stopped working there to come to Mobile Syrup, I switched back to Kudo because Kudo's plans were way cheaper than Bell's. Um, and the only reason I was with Bell was because of the employee discount. And then like a y- little over a year ago, Bell sent me a letter with this really awesome win back deal plan. And I was like, I'll switch because it's cheaper than what I'm paying Kudo and I'll get 5G data. And then TELUS called me like last week and offered me a win back deal that was even better than the win back deal I had gotten from Bell. So now I'm with TELUS. Um, Welcome so back. Yeah, switching carriers uh, definitely can go a long way, um, especially if you can get on that win back deal track and just bounce back and forth between them. Do good, you guys both have 5G plans now? Yeah. Yep. Sick, dude. I, I think I'm the only person on the team that has signed up for a 5G plan. No, I, don't I, don't think don't... Dean, I don't think Dean has one yet either. Um, I have like 40 gigs for like 60 bucks or something like that. Yeah, I don't want definitely to don't switch off it. it. I, that's pretty don't. good. I permanently, I turned 5G on the other day because um, it was being, LT was being wonky somewhere. Um, but generally, I literally just keep 5G turned off for like whatever extra 2% of battery it might save me in my head. I'm like, I don't need it. I'll take the battery. I don't even know if just, that's real, but I I literally don't know. No, it, it's it it, my understanding is that the it it does it does end up using a little bit more battery life um, because John that's why they have the like five G auto mode, right? That, or yeah, is that not what? So that's yeah. So I, I literally just keep it off. Although I had it on the other day, and this is actually interesting. So remember when five G first rolled out in the states? This was a bigger thing than in Canada, I think. But like planes were like, no, you can't roll out five G because we can't take off. This is like we run on five gigahertz networks, and there was this huge issue. Vaguely, yeah. Um, so when I was on the plane the other day, like we weren't flying, obviously, but like we we're in for takeoff and I was like trying to send messages from my seat, like on the tarmac and it, the 5g wouldn't go out. And then I switched down to LTE and then it was just back to normal. Like it was good. So it was it could the just be a tower thing. blocking. Could um, be just a tower thing too. Well, no, cause I was using it like in the terminal and, but it was until I walked onto the plane that it was like, wasn't the 5g wasn't working anymore. Um, like it said, um, I had the bars and the bars were working previously and then it just so it's actually it's part of a specific band of spectrum that was opened up for use with 5g i think it's part of the um mid-band 5g so like 3500 megahertz and stuff like that where that same band of spectrum is used for autopilot landing and takeoff systems and so uh, i i think i actually wrote a story about it a, a year or so ago um after the big uh, 3,500 megahertz auction. Telus was really mad because they bought a bunch of the spectrum that couldn't be used around airports. And yeah. basically, there's like a section around uh, Pearson Airport where that that spectrum just can't be used at all. Um, and Telus was really, really mad about that uh, <laughs> because they bought a bunch of that spectrum, and they're like, "Oh, it's this- useless now." On the subject of carriers, since we're we're still kind of on that topic in this deal world. Brad, 
you did a bit of like I'm I jokingly have like been tweeting out your video and your story calling it like on the ground real reporting. Yeah, but like it actually was. It ops. was, right? Like you you went yeah. to carrier stores to find in-store deals and this was something that like I found them, dug them up. Ian, I was Indiana Ian, Jones out there. <laughs> this is <clears throat> This was something that Ian Hardy, mobile service founder, used to do every Black Friday, every Boxing Day, like leading up to it. He would go out and like go to the different stores and find the in-store deals. And we, we haven't done that recently. So you've kind of brought that back. Um, and that was one of our highest traffic stories of the last little bit, to be quite honest. Um, yeah. What was that experience like? And I what... expected, to be honest. But I was sure. I was but skeptical that the Pixel deal blew it out. But I was like, wow. We'll, so, we'll get like... we'll get to the to, to the, the Pixel, Pixel stuff soon. Um, but like, what did you see? What was the difference between the online deals and what you were seeing in store? Yeah. So, um, like John was saying, they're just mostly $10 cheaper <laughs> at the flankers. There were different deals at the like big three bell Rogers tell us like, I pretty sure I left my notepad in the other room, but I'm pretty sure the deal was the same as online. So it was like $55 for like 15 gigs. Is that what like bell bell is offering right now, John? Um, I actually just opened up your in-store uh, thing. And yeah, you mentioned 15 gigs of 4G data for $60 per month, uh, which is like, I think Rogers positions it as almost like a student plan or something, but at Bell, Rogers, and Telus all have that. Yeah, okay. So maybe I didn't have that right, quite right in the story, but the at least at Bell specifically, so like that... Um, at Bell specifically, that plan was like the same as online, but the online one was 4G and in-store, the guy was like promising me that it was 5G. I don't know if it 100% was or not, but he was like, no, this is a 5G plan. I was like, this is the plan that looks like it's online and it says it's 4G. And he was like, no, this is a 5G plan, best network in Canada, blah, 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 the spiel, whatever. Yeah. That, so that might have been the difference there. you have in the story. Okay, cool. So yeah, I think that the biggest difference for the big three was like, it seemed like the deal wasn't that different from online, but maybe you got a little more within it, like AKA 5G or like a little extra perk or something. And then the flanker brands were just cheaper, which was nicer. And uh, to be honest, I didn't really go to like the lower end stores because like I wasn't going to go to Chatter and get 3G data or I don't even think there are like, I think you'd have to go to like a wireless wave or something to get a public mobile or a uh, public mobile plus. doesn't have any stores. Yeah, it'd have to be like Wire, wireless wave is Bell and Rogers and their flankers only. Okay, okay. Because um, it's owned by them. Yeah. So what is it? Just online? Then you get the SIM cards at like Dollarama type of deal. Yeah, of public mobile is just online, and you can buy the SIM cards at like a bunch of different retailers. I think you can even just buy the SIM card online, and they'll mail it to you. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, so basically, the the flanker brands were the cheapest. I also noticed some like internet deals. So I'm gonna go back this week, actually, literally after this podcast recording, and just search for internet deals because I'm paying like eighty eight dollars a month, and I think I can drop that to sixty for similar speeds. And then uh, just, I guess, should I get into like the in store experience or? Yeah, yeah, talk a little bit about and and I think you have to preface it with like you live in Toronto, downtown Toronto, so like the situation is a little bit different in terms of like actually the security and stuff surrounding the stores, but I'll, I'll let you take it. Like you, you explain what you went through and like what that shopping experience was like. Cause it sounds like quite literally my nightmare. Like I would yeah. never want to step in a carrier store in downtown Toronto. If I had known like what you told me. Yeah, it was pretty awkward. Uh, definitely an awkward sales experience. So first of all, like I'm sorry to anyone out there who's a salesperson, but like sales, you never really want to talk to the salespeople. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like, I never really go into a store being like, I hope 
someone comes up to me and starts asking me if I need help, like I'm just like, I want to browse. And when I'm ready, I will find somebody. Anyway. So um, sometimes I do, but it's only if I'm in a hardware store or if I'm trying to buy, like, because I'm renovating my kitchen. Yeah, so I spend a lot fair. of time in hardware and appliance stores. I need someone to come so that I can buy the thing. But other than that, I'm, I'm with you. As, as a former salesperson, specifically uh, cell phone sales, um, there were two types of customers, the people who would come in and be mad that I didn't immediately run up to them and start talking to them. And that's people fair. who would be mad if I came up and started talking to them. Those were the <laughs> yeah. only two types of customers. <laughs> it only goes to one, two ways. That's funny. Um, but yeah, so now basically, was it like a year ago that they had the locked door thing started getting implemented roughly ballpark? Six um, months? I think so. It's been a little bit. I only wrote about it a couple months ago, uh, but yeah. I think the policy had been in place for longer. Um, but yeah, so basically in Toronto and maybe some other like big city hubs, I'm not sure. I don't think it's everywhere, um, but the doors for a lot of the carrier stores are like locked on the street level. So if you want to get in, you have to like knock or ring a doorbell, someone come and like ID you. Uh, the Rogers one, they didn't really ID us probably because we look like two people maybe buying a cell phone we did get id'd at the freedom one um, which are the only two in-store ones we went to that were on street level the rest were in the mall so those were just like walk in as you would expect um so but the ones there's like you... a difference then with that experience right like when it's in the mall you you don't you didn't have to present id you could just waltz in but like the ones that yeah, were like street guess. level side of the road kind of deal okay yeah you're like knocking on the door the uh i don't think there was a security guard at the Freedom Store, but there was a security guard at the door of the Rogers store. Um, and then you get in and there's like nobody in there. And it was actually like both of them were like very dependent on natural light. So it was just really dark in there because it was like six o'clock. Um, and yeah, so we we're just like going in there and then like salespeople are immediately on us because there's, there's nobody in the store because you can't really get in. And there's like, hey, like, what do you want? And we're like, okay, like we're just shopping around for plans. Like, you know, can you tell us what you have? Um, they just take us to the computer and like show us the deals and offer us things and whatever. Um, but there's like no real space to browse or do anything, which is actually like really sad, specifically in the Rogers store. Cause I don't think you guys have been in it, but it's that like flagship one they opened with like all I know the one you're experiences talking about, yeah. and it's got like crazy led lights and all these like demo areas. And it's actually like a really interesting store. Um, but now it's like dark and empty cause there's no one there. And it's just, it was really sad. And it's like, this is like peak Black Friday shopping week. There's like the mall is packed. The streets are packed. No one in the Rogers store. Barely anyone in the Freedom. Like literally no one else in the Freedom store. Um, and yeah, from like that experience just being like kind of sketch and kind of like off-putting. Like I, I understand why it's there, but it's there's no denying that it was just like an off-putting sales experience. Like I'm like walking into this like dark store and this person's like, buy our plan. I'm like, I don't even what is happening in here? I just wanted to like look around, but now I'm like roped into this situation. Um, yeah, that was kind of like, I don't know. Do you have any questions about like kind of that side of it? And the other side gonna, is just like regular people not knowing. I was going to ask John, um, like you've, you've done reporting on this. And, like the carriers have been somewhat cagey with giving you and us like actual responses to like why this policy has been implemented. What, like, what have you been able to like kind of gather with your report? Cause you've, you've written about this a bunch of times, right? Like why are they doing this? I guess. Uh, I think I only wrote about it once, um, yeah. specifically about Rogers and Fido. Uh, and they, they actually, they gave, uh, the CBC, um, a statement, uh, basically saying, uh, that it's part of several measures that they put in place over several years to improve in-store safety. Um, 
and it's like supposed to prevent theft and fraud and you know sure i guess but like to me it feels like it's something that's going to really hamper the customer experience for not a whole lot of uh protection um as someone who's worked in in carrier stores before granted like i i worked at best buy where it's a little bit of a different environment it's a big box store so you can't really police every customer coming in and out of the store um but it's like like what do you think people are stealing like just like earbuds off the shelf and like those kind of items that like phone cases or like like actually jacking phones like how do you jack a phone from a carrier like they're not even out people will steal uh anything if they can get their hands on it um yeah it, it was incredible some of the stuff that was stolen from the the best buy store that i worked at like we're talking TVs, Dyson vacuum, stuff like yeah. that, right? I worked um, at Zellers and there's people that would just like walk into the store to the electronics section, grab t- a TV and just walk out, just, like literally just walk out with two guys carrying it out the door. Very brazen. Mm-hmm. Um, and know. especially like during busy times of the year, like Black Friday and stuff like that, like every, if you're in the store, you're with like four different customers at a time. So it's just like for most you know, salespeople, it's impossible to both, you know, help all of the customers that are trying to buy stuff and also like watch for anybody trying to steal something. And generally, like if you're in a store and you see two dudes walking out with a TV, you're like, oh yeah, they, they paid for that. Cause you know, who walks into yeah, a store and just grabs do. a TV off the shelf and leaves. Sure. Right. Um, I also don't yeah. get paid enough probably to stop them too. There's, there's that. I don't think well, you're trained like, to stop them. I think they say just let them go. Like it's you it's a training the thing. They they yeah. specifically tell you don't stop them. Okay. Because you know you don't know what the situation is, right? Yeah. If you try and be the hero and stop the dude stealing a TV, you don't know if he's gonna like pull out a weapon or something, right? Like you don't know what's gonna happen. And so I guess as like a way to protect themselves from liability, they they like drill it into your head or like the store drills it into your head don't stop anybody if you see like theft happening just let a manager know and like basically let it happen because the goods and whatnot are insured but if i if i go play the hero and i try to stop the dude stealing a tv and i die like that's going to be way worse for the store than if they lose the tv yeah um, but yeah, so you, you're kind of on the thing, the feeling that like these stores were probably getting, like people were probably stealing a lot. You think? I don't know. I don't know. There's just um, like so much less out. It's such a smaller space than a big box store. You know, it's, it's just like, well, you yeah. see like on TikTok not, like, and you, stuff, there, there's taking? always videos of people stealing like display phones. Like they run into a bunch of guys run yeah. into a store with like ski masks on and they like just cut the phone. Like, I don't know why they're stealing the display phones. Cause sometimes they're, they don't even work, but that's they like a common thing anymore. that I've seen on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, some um, of them do, most, but it's always like low end phones, like none of the high end phones. Most work. of the display phones, in my experience, are like fake dummy phones yeah. or are locked into some sort of like demo mode um, that like loops a video and stuff like that. And you can probably, you know, jailbreak or root the phone and, and reset it out of that mode. Um, well, I'm not like putting my there's, freedom there's online stuff. for a moto g stylus with like that i'm gonna have to hack out of demo mode you know what i mean like yeah that's um, like gonna be like four hundred dollars 
I would say it depends on the store as well. Um, I can't speak to the Rogers stores, but I know that often carrier stores uh, have, you know, they might have an iPhone section um, and it's all live iPhone units because that's what yeah. Apple wants. That's why I said that too. You know, Apple pays to have prominent placement in the store with the live units and stuff like that, right? So those are probably a, a target to steal. Um, yeah, those might be in there actually. It's hard to tell. In terms I wasn't of able like to browse. actual phones, most carrier stores keep their inventory of, of smartphones locked up. So you can't yeah. access them without a key. Maybe like um, robbing a bank. Like you'd be like, all right, everybody in the ground, like get in the vault. Give me all your like, iPhone phones 14s. in the bag. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's like I met, and that's like heist mode. Like you need people on a plane. On so a plane. like on the theft side, like the only thing I could really see it doing is making it slightly more inconvenient for someone to get into the store. Um, like we'll definitely keep like homeless people out, which I guess is kind of an issue maybe in downtown Toronto, but like also, I don't know. Well, hard to tell if they're the homeless people are trying to get in the Rogers store. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and the fraud issue, like most of the fraud that happens, it's using fake IDs because you need to get You need to use an ID to get the phone and everything anyway. Right. So asking to see the ID before they come into the store isn't going to do anything because if the ID is faked well yeah. enough that they could bypass the security to get a phone from the system and commit fraud that way, then you're not going to tell just from looking at it through, through the window of the door. Uh, yeah. You know, to me, it just seems really silly. It seems like a like a extra security measure that doesn't really serve any purpose to make the store safer while also making customer experience significantly worse for anybody who's trying to go in there. Yeah, very strange vibe. Like, I could see a lot of people just pulling on the door and be like, oh, it must be closed. I mean, I guess you'd see maybe people inside, but you'd, there's a lot of, like, ads in the windows and things like that. It's a strange, strange situation. Um, Switching gears a bit, let's talk about actual retailer deals beyond the carrier stuff. What they exist. They exist. They exist. There, this there is year... one carrier deal that we didn't mention that I really okay. wanted to mention you want, you want before to we move carrier? on. Okay. Um, oh, is this the Pixel 6 one? Pixel 7 yeah, if you want a yeah. Pixel 7 or a Pixel 6a, for once, it's actually a good idea to buy it from a carrier because uh, the Flanker brands have the Pixel 7 on for $9 a month, which is uh, basically $216 total uh, after two years for a phone that's like 800 bucks. So I know pretty two good people deal. that did that. Yeah. Um, and it's, Alex- it's basically it's $9 on top of the $55 a month, 20 gig plan. Um I don't know if you can get the deals to get it down to 40 for 20. Um, yeah. I, you, I don't think you way, can. The 40 ones were all bring your own device. So you'd have to really like wheel and deal. And I'm not sure if that's possible. Yeah. Ultimately though, $9 a month plus 55 for your plan. Pretty solid deal to get a Pixel 7. Yeah. The big three, Very. Bell, Rogers, Telus are similar, but they're not quite as good. They're it's all like in the 14, same realm for the device 13. financing. The big thing that they're doing now with a lot of phones is they're offering like $0 a month financing. So you don't pay anything for the phone if you agree to return it at the end of two years, which is kind of nice if you want to just get a phone and then swap out in two years time. But you're looking at, you know, an $85 a month plan at that point. So to me, Mm -hmm. it makes more sense to get the cheaper plan with Kudo, Fido or Virgin and own the phone when you're done. 
Yeah, I think this is like just moving into like a Google sale perspective. If like Google is the one putting these sales on or if the carriers truly are discounting this heavily, but it's like, I think Google needs these type of like moments, you know, like they talk about wanting to get the pixel in more people's hands. They advertise it way more than ever before. And it's like things like this will actually convince people to get on a pixel for like two years. And I would say if you get on and now you, there's a big chance you might get hooked, you know, like this is a time where like Google can establish itself as like, Oh no, it's like, I don't get just an iPhone or a Samsung. Like Google is there as well, because this is a, a really good phone for uh, that price. I would say though, actually yep. the one carrier only one, like lots of carriers kind of asked what phone Alex was looking for. And after a while we knew to just say pixel because that was the deal we were getting everywhere. Cause when we were in searching for deals, she was on the fence, about maybe wanting to get that deal, but because they were bringing your own phone, we couldn't really stack them. And we ended up just going with the cheaper data. But um, the dude in Fido was like, he did ask us if we were a Samsung or an iPhone person. Like he didn't ask about anything else. He just said Samsung or Those iPhone. Those are the only phones that exist. I thought it was telling. Yeah, exactly. But well, maybe not. You know, like I'm saying, the Pixel, this is like a really yeah. good chance to eat some market share That's and true. like get on some people. Cause it's like, yeah, that price, it's unbeatable for a brand new phone and a good one at that. Like it's, yeah, I want it and I don't even need it. Even outside the carrier offers, like, the Google store has the Pixel 7, the Pixel 7 Pro, the 6a, all significantly discounted. Like the Pixel 7 is $150 off. The 7 Pro is $300 off. What's the off. full price of it then? Uh, it's, I think, $650 for the 7. Yeah. Um, I don't With the discount? The Pro. Yeah. And the 7 I'm Pro is $879 right I'm now. I'm trying to think if like stacking that deal, like buying it outright for like $650 and then getting like the $30 plan that we're seeing right now, if that would like... Well, that's true. Out, that's a good point. I'm not sure. Um, but even, then, even yeah, like you're like, you're on the, the Pixel line. Watch is on sale too right now through the Google store, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think it's like 100 bucks off, 75 bucks off. They're pretty good. It discount. just came out, which is pretty good. Yeah. I can so say Google the... needs to take these moments to, to really cement itself in people's lives. Some quick back of the napkin math. It's about $27 a month equivalent uh, for the $650 Pixel 7. So you would have to save basically $27 a month on your mobile plan to make it worth buying it outright versus the... If you got um, that $30 plan, you you would you would be saving $25, I guess. It'd be kind of comparable, but not quite. Yeah. Yeah. You could get pretty close. Um, yeah. Beyond the carrier stuff, is there anything that you guys saw like at just Best Buy, the source, Walmart, whatever that really stood out for me? Uh, let's wrap it up. It's the podcast is over. <laughs> only only carrier stuff. For me, the big thing was um, the Xbox Series S for 80 bucks off uh, at like a bunch of different retailers. I think we first saw it at Walmart. I think it's also on sale at Best Buy for that amount. Strangely, the Microsoft store, I don't believe has it on sale for that amount which is weird probably um, will on as, black friday that's what i'm wondering because like microsoft's black friday deals are pretty non-existent there's like two things and i didn't care about them yeah, but that like, like to me that, keyboards that's keyboards on sale and it's like oh, oh, yeah guys. to me that's a really good deal for like a relatively powerful console i know a few people that bought it my dad actually bought one because he wanted a, a new a new console um i wish i was your dad i was i was considering <laughs> you that can be too. if you try thanks um i was i was like on the fence about it um i don't think i'm getting an xbox but i was definitely tempted game pass with the series s if you don't have a 4k tv or don't care that much about like crazy visual fidelity it's it's 
it's still the best deal in gaming. There's nothing, there's really nothing better in terms of price for what you actually get. Microsoft has the $60 off. $60 off? Okay. So they, they do, they are offering it now. They weren't when this story went up. So that's interesting. I um, I wonder how that would compare to all access, the like deal where you get game pass and then like you pay monthly for the Xbox. And you get the two years free. Yeah. I don't know. I can't do math and I could not do math that quickly. There's no way that that would happen. Let me check it out. I got that. It's the reason I'm here on the iPad. He's doing it. Um, learn more. The one thing I was going to say too is I think the best deal for the Xbox Series S is like if you collect PC points, obviously, but I think a lot That's of grocery true stores yeah. are offering like a 20,000 bonus, which is like another $20 off. Or I think, was it Real Canadian Superstore had a $75,000 bonus? Maybe I'm making that up, but there was there were some nice bonuses. There's a bunch it's $30 of $30 a month deals. for $30 a month for the Xbox Series S with Game Pass. All Xbox all for- access. Xbox all access. 29.99. That's not bad. Were there other um, deals that you guys saw beyond this Xbox one that were were good? I know we talked about the Pixel stuff already. Yeah, um, Pixel stuff was really hot. Amazon yesterday had an iPad like from last year for 379, which is a really nice so price to just like pick up an iPad if you're on one that's a few years old. Um, as a photographer, SD, I always buy SD cards on Black Friday because the I specifically buy Lexar ones that are like 250 megabytes per second, uh, UHS two specs. So they're like really, really fast to like upload stuff to my computer or offload stuff to my computer, which is super nice. And they're fast enough to record 4K, 64K, 120 footage without like freezing up the camera or stuttering. And they're generally like 120 bucks. I think they go down to like 60 bucks. So usually pick up one or two of those. And uh, that's a big thing. Also, I guess in like the creative zone, um, generally Adobe has Black Friday sales. So if you are like Photoshop, Premiere, uh, whatever, any of those apps, you can generally get like a good year long subscription for about half or 40% off, which will save you like a couple hundred bucks. You wrote about that last year and it did extremely well. We have to remember that. Oh, did it do and well? That, I thought it did yeah, terrible because I've been did. avoiding writing it this year. Okay, I will no, write it, it again then. It did do well. Yeah, that's, okay, cool. that's a yeah. really good point. I think it is a good um, deal, so we'll check it out. Yeah, that's the the last time that I signed up for Adobe. That, that's how I got it. I, I did it through that. The only other yeah. deal that I wanted to mention um, before we move on to talk about Twitter was there is a sale on the PlayStation 5 DualSense controller. It's $30 off at like a bunch of different retailers. The Xbox Series X gamepad is also on sale at a bunch of retailers. I believe it's 50 bucks, 30 bucks off. Um, so if you're like in the market for another controller, that yeah. now is the time. And then the other thing worth mentioning too is like there's Cyber Monday coming. Um, for the most part in Canada, Cyber Monday is like the same as Black Friday. These deals just run until the Monday. Um, and in some cases, all of these deals, and I'm sure we'll talk about this on the podcast and in our coverage leading into Boxing Day, all these deals, a lot of them are just going to come back for Boxing Day. It's the same stuff. We'll see repeated again. There may be a few like call outs and interesting things, but for the most part, it's going to be the exact same stuff that we're talking about now. You're going to see again um, at the end of December. Yeah, I will say on the PC point vein, there was a switch with Mario Kart Plus online. I can't three months of online that netted you like a hundred thousand points. So that's a hundred dollars off if you spend PC points on groceries and stuff. So that's kind of cool. Um, the Apple deals aren't live yet. They will be live on Friday till Monday. That's the gift get, cards. 
yeah, you get up to like $350 off uh, an M1 Pro, M1 Max MacBook, and that's like the most you can get off anything. And then the gift cards that like, kind of go down in increments until you get to like $50 off if you buy an Apple Pencil. And that's not money off the price. You just get a gift card that you can spend on something else. So it's kind of like a little bit of a reimbursement, but not quite. Best Buy um, has some good deals on M1 Max too, like last year's. Um, that's a really good point. $300 and those are off great computers. I recommend yeah. those to like pretty much anybody that wants a new computer. I'm like M1 MacBook Air. Um, I would also say vacuums. Like if you're someone who doesn't have a very good vacuum, <laughs> a really good vacuum is a good, I, I think a good investment because they're just so useful and you can generally get like a couple hundred bucks off a good one on Black Friday. So not I robot. very flashy, not very fun, but uh, will be something you'll use probably more than whatever toy you would want to buy on Black Friday. Dyson has a lot of deals running right now. So does iRobot, robot vacuum company. I have so many iRobots. I've read about them all the time. I love them. They're on sale right now too. I every, think every single, single model. Every single Amazon Alexa product is on sale as well, but I'm not sure. Like if we want to take down Amazon, do we keep buying them or do we stop buying them? Which one is going to do more harm? Because it's kind of hard to tell right now. Like they're both just sinking that ship. So... Uh... Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if I would recommend Alexa products right now because yeah, no, not after that down. story I wrote. Yeah, not after no, the story I wrote saying, yesterday. But it's like if you want to take them down, can you actually do more damage by buying the products or not buying the products now? Not buying it, the products. It seems like they're not making money anyway. But at least you bought <laughs> it. <laughs> Speaking of taking companies down, things are not going well at Twitter. I really didn't want to talk about Twitter again on this. Well, not again, but I didn't I didn't want this to be a topic on the podcast, but I think we have to at least address it in some respect. Um, so many things have happened. Like we we were doing like weekly roundups at one point surrounding Twitter and Elon Musk. Um, <laughs> he's acquired the company. Uh, he's still cracking jokes all the time. Most of them aren't funny. He thinks it's hilarious that he's firing all kinds of people. Um, it, it's like generally a it's bad not, situation. It's no Twitter. It's, it's yeah, noble. yeah, very, very noble. Um, extremely noble. But uh, for me, um, and I know a lot of people in media are like, screw Twitter. It's the worst thing ever. End it all. It's the worst thing ever, but it's, we don't need it. For me, I like Twitter. I've built a lot of my career on it. I've met a lot of people on it. Um, have a pretty small but still noteworthy following on it in some respects. Uh, and I've spent like the better part of like the last 10, 11 years using Twitter. So for me, it's kind of sad to watch it, watch all this happen. First of all, I, I knew a few people that worked at Twitter Canada got laid off. That was very sad to see, but just the platform turn into, and, and I'm not saying that like Twitter was great before it was not great. There's obviously a lot of problems with the platform. It's one of the Pat, great examples I think you need to say this eulogy in case Peter actually goes down. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. It's not, it, it, it wasn't, it was never a very well run platform, but now it's just like being literally torpedoed by Elon Musk. And it's, for me, it is depressing to see. I am not celebrating the end of Twitter. Um, but John, you did a roundup of a bunch of different Twitter alternative platforms that went live yesterday. Mm -hmm. What's the situation with those? And do any of them truly have the viability to like be a Twitter replacement? Um, I don't think so. Uh, so what I'm going to say, I'm kind of in the same boat as Pat uh, in that Twitter, I think is a really valuable tool. Um, 
and I use it in very specific ways because it's the only social media platform that lets me use it in those ways. Um, it's a great tool for me for like, you know, following news stories and following journalists and following sources that we use it for work. Like that, that's important. a big thing too. Yeah. For my job. Um, and I use it for sharing my work when I write, you know, big scoops and stuff like that. I'll, I'll post them on Twitter outside of that, like Twitter, I don't, I don't care about it that much. Um, it's really just a work tool for me. Um, so that's kind of the main lens that I look at it from. And that's kind of the same lens that I've used when looking at the other social media platforms, these alternate Twitters, alt Twitters that are there that are popping up. Um, and I think the main issue, at least for me with all of these alt Twitters is they don't have the Twitter user base. And that's what yeah. makes Twitter such a valuable tool for me is all of the, the publications that I follow, all of the journalists I follow are on it. And sure, a lot of them are also making accounts on these alternate Twitter platforms. But really right now it feels like these alt Twitters are getting a lot of traffic because people are just trying to secure their username on them in the event that Twitter dies. That's what I did. Um, and beyond that, there's not really a lot going on on these platforms. But I think a lot of them have potential to take on the role that Twitter is uh, currently filling if it were to die. Um, but I don't see Twitter just wholesale dying. It will likely no. Be neither a, do I. I, I just slow, think that it's painful demise. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really get to that in 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 my uh, eulogy, as Bennett called it. Like, I don't think it's going to die, but I do think that it could very rapidly become far less relevant than it is today. Mm -hmm. um, and in some respects, Twitter Which is not as like relevant. not relevant at all because it's already That's, very low on the relevance. That was the next thing I was going to say. Okay. In some Sorry. respects, <laughs> it's, it's not really relevant at all, right? Like, and I always use this example. Like, to to us, Twitter matters because we use it for work. Um, the media talks about it all the time. You you see like CBC reports with like tweets on the screen and things like that. But to the average person, like they they do not have a Twitter account. Like my parents do not know what Twitter is. People that I grew up with that I played video games with that I've known my whole life. They have no idea what Twitter is. So they see all these reports about Elon Musk and Twitter and like, it doesn't matter to them because that's not the social media platform that they use. They get their news from Instagram and six buzz and stuff like that. So like in, in the grand scheme of things, I think the media has built Twitter up to look far more important than it, it actually is like, sure. It does have power to change things and shift policy and stuff like that. But to the average person, Twitter, doesn't really matter in the same it, way that it, it has does power but it doesn't have power because it's twitter it has power because yes. it's a big social network you could use those tools on instagram or facebook it's just a place that people can gather and talk about the same things with force yeah. or with majority and those can happen in any social media space it just happens that twitter is popular enough to be in a conversation currently part twitter of that's also the, the format of it too in that it's one of the few primarily text-based social yeah. media platforms that's still out there like facebook has what they pivoted to video twice now now they're pivoting to the metaverse um instagram was pictures and then they did their weird update to make it more like tiktok tiktok is well video youtube is video um twitter was one of the few that like really really stayed on top of being all text all the time and yeah you can post videos and you can post pictures but that's kind of like a side component to the tweet to the text yeah it's not the core um, of what it is anyway uh so these alt twitters uh i wrote about mastodon uh hive which kind of came out of nowhere 
I had never heard of it. And then one day everybody on Twitter was talking about it. Um, Post.news and co-host, I think was the last one. Yeah. Uh, so Mastodon, I have known about for a while. It's a lot of people like to call it the open source Twitter. Uh, it's very similar to Twitter in its design and layout and, and structure. Um, but it is an open source platform. And basically it's kind of unique in that to sign up, you have to pick a server uh, and then your posts are on that server and the servers are all interconnected. So you can talk to people on other servers, but all of your stuff kind of exists on that one server. And it's kind of confusing for new people. Uh, and the way that Mastodon kind of explains it is, hey, it's like email. When you create an email address, you can, you know, you can go to Google and make a Gmail or you can go to Microsoft and make an Outlook. But you can still email people on Gmail and Outlook, whatever your email account is. Um, and that's kind of how the servers work. So you could pick, you know, the Mastodon Canada server and make your account there. And then your account is, you know, your username on Mastodon Canada. And you can talk to people on like the Mastodon Scotland server if you want to. Um, that sounds kind of like Discord in, in a way with a different Yeah, it's channel. a little bit like Discord as well. Um, I think Discord is less uh, inter-server connection. It's kind of each server is a little bit more isolated. Um, I don't really see Mastodon really taking off um, just because the barrier to entry is a little bit higher in terms of figuring out, okay, what is a server? Which one do I want to be on, et cetera, et cetera. Um, also it has a unique approach to moderation where basically each server is kind of in charge of handling its own rules and content. Um, and so it's kind of, you know, you can join servers with more lax moderation if you want. And there are servers that have more strict moderation if you'd rather be there. Um, so that's basically Mastodon, uh, summed up hive social is the most Twitter like that I've seen. Um, and it's got some neat features. Like you can have like uh, music that plays on your profile page. They have built in like Q and a systems. You can theme it to, to look, you know, different colors and stuff like that. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, as far as I know, how the hive checks? team is like two or three people. Like there's not that many people that, that run it and it's suddenly can, like had a huge influx of users. I can we like be verified people, on it? Can you be verified on it? Yeah. Can, I, how many blue check marks can we have? As Bennett said, I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, I have. Failure. I made a Hive account. I posted once, and I haven't really touched it since because I kind of just parked there to hold on to my username. Yeah, um, I did the same thing. And if Hive takes off, I will probably use it more. Um, right now, it seems like maybe the most likely to take on the Twitter role. Post News, I think, also stands to potentially take on that Twitter role, especially for news and journalists, because that seems to be its whole focus. Like, well, if you go to the Post News website to sign up, the first thing you see is a post post from Post's creator, uh, who is the guy who made Waze. Uh, and then Interesting. He, he left Waze. Um, anyway. Basically, he kind of sets post up as like, hey, we want this to be like the place for news and discussion and like civil debate and blah, 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 all this stuff, um, which definitely sounds interesting. And the user face looks very similar to Twitter. Um, the biggest difference I've seen is that there's no limit on like post size. So you can write as much as you want in a post. 
Um, but right now it's got a huge wait list. Uh, and the only way to climb up the wait list is by getting a bunch of referrals, um, that check, to get baby? your account unlocked. And so it kind of seems like it's set up to kind of harvest the big name Twitter accounts that have a ton of followers because they can get a ton of referrals. Um, so I haven't actually used post yet. I'm stuck on the wait list. Um, but it's definitely one that I'm intrigued by and I'll be watching because it seems like it could really fill that, you know, role that Twitter plays for me in terms of work as being a place to go to find information from other journalists. And then co-host is probably the one I know the least about. It looks a lot like a 90s era forum board for You sold hosting. me. You sold me with 90s era forum. Um, I'm in. And it, it has a wait list as well, but it's like a two or three day wait list uh, after you sign up before you can start posting. And the reason that's there is to just kind of cut down on, on spam and stuff like that. It's also a small team. Um, and yeah, that's really all that I, I know about co-hosts. I was like trying to like play around with it and do some research and I was having a hard time drumming up any information about it. Um, but I've seen some chatter about it on Twitter. So those are kind of the, like the alternate Twitters. And then of course there's other existing social networks, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, TikTok, etc., that could step up in various ways to fill some of the void uh, that Twitter is leaving behind if it, or that Twitter will leave behind if it dies, which again, I don't think it's going to die. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. And to close this out, Bennett, you fall in the camp of you want to watch the world burn. Do you want to talk yeah. about that a little bit? You you want to see Twitter no, go down in flames. I don't flames. want to talk you, about it. I just want to watch it. All right. You just, you you just want to watch me. it burn <laughs> in your feet. No, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to watch it burn. I'm, I think I'm in the same boat as you guys where it's like, I don't actually think it's it's going anywhere. Like, no, I, I'm not, I haven't even signed up on any of these other ones. I just joined the post wait list because I'm like, this is hilarious. Like, this could actually be interesting just for like sort of academic side of my brain being interested in that. Do I think it will take off as a Twitter replacement? No, nothing with a grand vision like this will replace no. twitter you know what's replacing twitter it's already happening it's instagram and tiktok and it's endless video that's like yeah. mind consuming us in like negative ways is the, this normal, the answer like, to that yes will people accept it no so and to be clear like we were talking about this before like i don't want to say normal people but people that don't live in like the media sphere that we live in use exactly. tiktok and they use in instagram right so yeah like if twitter goes down i'm just moving over to instagram like i think a lot about um like the other sort of like Canadian tech YouTubers in general, like Canoopsie and Siobhan, like live and have grown profiles on Instagram way more than Twitter. Yeah. You know what I mean? And really like I still Twitter. feel like I get the like funny vibes and like shit post type stuff that like I would do on Twitter through those types of mediums. Like I think I could transfer. I may be a little more video inclined than most people. So perhaps I'm like into it more than most people. I get what John's saying and I will miss the like writing only aspect of Twitter. Like don't get me wrong. I love it. Um, but do I think about what I do on Twitter as constructive? No, like none of this. I don't think of social media as constructive ever. Like, I think it's usually generally not a good, like not a good use of my time, you know, like, yes, I do follow a lot of journalists and I do read a lot of things there, but I have to like generally trudge through a lot of crap to get there when I could be just like, you know, going to the verge and going to wired.com directly. And like, I, you know, I know where I usually end up. It's, it's not, um, it's not something that I'm like holding dear. Like I, I know I'm addicted to it, I guess. And I'm like, maybe this will be the thing that will finally get me to stop. And I'm, it, you know, and that's good to me. I don't know. I don't even like, 
I was it was amusing watching like definitely like the app I open the most on my phone, you know, like it's Twitter. And yeah. that's not good. <laughs> it was the, the last thing that I'll say is like it was kind of funny on the weekend watching like everyone make all these accounts on different platforms. Like if Twitter goes somewhere, here's where you can find me. Like everybody's making those posts and yeah. like tweeting uh, like facetious things about like people making those posts because like I truly don't think Twitter's going to go anywhere. Like it's not going to die um there may be issues because like nobody's working there anymore there's already been reports of performance problems um like key engineers have left etc 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 there could be like deprecation issues but like i don't i don't see it just disappearing one day like and that's how people were acting like that they would log on to twitter on sunday morning and like it would not exist like you just wouldn't be able to log in that's not gonna happen i really don't think so that's not on my 2022 bingo card yet um but I think there's a strong possibility that it could become far less relevant, so much so that it's not worth me spending any of my time on it. And that well, just depends that's on the people who the are direction there. that I think it's going. Yeah, you know, well, that's, that's part what of the I reason think is why like, I'm not going to go to any other platform. It's going to take me for like I've been curating. Woo, I've been curating this list of of nerds that I follow on Twitter for ten precisely. years. I actually just had my yes. ten year Twitter anniversary yes. on the weekend, and it's like. Am I going to recurate that on another platform? No, and is I'm everyone not. on those other platforms going to act the way they act on Twitter? Are they going to be yeah. kind of sassy? Are they going to be kind of funny? Like, I don't know. And I'm not like going to another platform because it's not the like endless scroll of tweets that gets me. It's that I get to interact with these people that I like. And if if I can't do that, then I'm not going to go somewhere else. And then, that's why Mastodon just scares me so much. It's like all these servers. I know you're saying it's all interconnected, but I'm like, part of Twitter, I think, is like, you can just be part of anything and it feels weird to, to section that off. I don't know. And that's what I'm getting at with the relevancy thing that I keep saying is like, if those mm. people aren't there and it's less relevant, relevant to you, not relevant to in me, the social then, space. You mean. Yeah. Then why, why would I be there yes. anymore? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I think might happen um, with all these changes that Elon Musk is making, all of the issues that the platform is having and will con- likely continue to have. If those people leave, why, why am I there anymore? Right. There's no point. Yeah, I don't know. Twitter's a weird one. It's, it, uh, yeah, it feels strange. It feels like something I like have to be part of, and I like being part of it. But yeah, it's it's this weird interbalance. Um, you're wrapping up. Do we want to wrap this up with just checking? I know what Elon's been tweeting. So I've got sure. those pulled what, up. What, and, what uh, was his latest tweet? He's currently. What is, what is the latest nightmare hellscape that he's opened? So 16 minutes ago, when we started this conversation, he's tweeting about. Um, the Ferguson shootings. Cool. Cool. <laughs> and he's yeah. beefing with everyone's favorite tech YouTuber, Jerry Rig, everything about it. Why is he beef? What? <laughs> Why? What's he so saying? He tweeted Twitter. something about the Ferguson stuff and then deleted it. And then three hours ago, Zach or is his name Zach or Jack? I don't know. The Jerry Rig, everything guy whose name isn't Jerry said, did you tweet this before or after deleting your Ferguson tweet this morning? And he was responding to Elon Musk tweeting about Elon Musk said more and more over time, as we hew closer to the truth, Twitter will earn the trust of people. And then uh, Jerry Rig everything was like, well, are you expecting trust before or after deleting your Ferguson <laughs> tweets about conspiracy <laughs> theories? And then Elon Musk says, what conspiracy tweet theory? And posts three pictures from the Obama Department of Justice publication saying that the shots that in the Ferguson shooting were fired in self-defense. So they were technically like a legal killing from the government's finding or whatever. I don't know enough about this to be like on any side. I'm, and then um, he followed that up. 
Oh, the guy's name is Zach. That's seeing a tweet about that. Confirmed. His name is Zach. Um, and then Elon Musk followed it up. He said, according to Obama's Department of Justice, the Ferguson shooting was unequivocally self-defense. So the Ferguson protests were, if you believe Obama's Department of Justice, based on a false premise. That's not to say that the other injustices didn't occur, but this just does not appear to be one of them. So basically he's saying it seems like that the Ferguson protests, which were sparked by those shootings, um, weren't uh, like based on reality, not reality. But he's like saying that maybe he's like, he's like trying to take the wind out of the sails of why those protests happened a little bit. It feels he just like. tweets stuff, yeah. just stuff. And like, it <laughs> and doesn't always like, make sense. He just does it to get a, this happened. he just, he literally just does it to get a reaction out of people. Like the last thing strange. that I saw was um, he posted a closet that he found at Twitter with t-shirts that say stay woke on them. And he just like tweeted a video of them, of him talking about the shirts. Like he just Hilarious. does shit on the platform that he now owns to, mess with people like that's all he does all day and then he like releases verification and then takes it away and puts it back and like changes it to like different color check mark like it's it's all so insane and to think that he has like some actual real legitimate plan that he is rolling out like there's some plan in place is just absolutely crazy to me because there's people there's people that read our website. There's people in the comment section. There's people on Twitter. There's people that I know that think that he has like a master plan and that yeah. the fact that he tried to get out of purchasing Twitter for like a full month, more than a month, was all part of that plan. There is no plan, dude. There's no there's plan. nothing. He's just like making it up as he goes along and hoping that it works out and it is not working out. Mm-hmm. My, my favorite ongoing nonsense is how he keeps blaming woke activists for advertisers bailing on Twitter. And uh, and it's like the advertisers have come out and said, hey, it's the content moderation policies. It's the uncertainty. It's the, the chaos every day on Twitter. You have no idea what's going to happen because it's whatever Musk tweets in the morning. If you're a brand, why would you want to be on Twitter right now? It's pure yeah. chaos. And there's yeah. no one doing content moderation anymore. He's fired the whole team. Why would you want to advertise on this platform when you have other safer platforms available to you where someone can't just like make a fake version of your brand account and get it verified? I know you can't do that anymore, but like that was happening during this like very brief window. Why would like Coca-Cola want to buy ads on that? Like it's insane. Like I, I, ah, oh, I can't, I can't take it. I don't know. I think the advertisers pulling out when the blue check fiasco is happening makes sense. I don't know. Like Twitter's always been kind of a hellscape for that kind it of has, stuff. It has, yeah. Well, that's that's what I was saying so before. Like, like advertising it's, was it's, always weird, but people did it. You know, I think it's been one of, of the most mismanaged uh, social, bit like big social networks that still exists. Like hundred percent, it wasn't great before. Um, but like what I was saying before is 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 like sure it sucked prior to this but now it's like a, a literal hellscape that makes no sense is it though like has it changed that much do you feel like, you know i feel yeah. like there's more elon musk trolls like excited so maybe they're tweeting more but like day to day my twitter experience is mostly the same like you know what i mean like Two years ago, we were just watching wacky shit from Donald Trump, and now we're just watching from Elon Musk on Twitter. He happens to own Twitter, which is like I think makes it wackier and to me funnier. But like I'm still seeing a lot of the same stuff on Twitter. I'm getting annoyed that people are just talking about the end of Twitter all the time on Twitter. Oh, I gotta stop hitting this mic. But like I don't think my day to day experience has changed. 
but maybe my, my account's too small. I don't know. Well, there's tons of yeah. stuff that's happened. Like, there's the advertisers pulling out. There's bringing back the people that were banned. There's, like, we could go on and on and on. Like, sure, maybe for the average user, things are different, but the broader health of the platform, and there's, there's like, a bigger conversation to be had about it. Yeah. Well, the thing that I'm interested in is, like, all the stuff he was tweeting about. And, like, I mean, I hate to, like, base any fact on Elon Musk's tweets, but all the stuff he's talking about, like, how much money they need per, like, quarter to stay, like, out of debt and all that stuff. And I'm like... How do they pull this off? That's what like seems interesting, like almost impossible. with all the advertisers that are now exactly. really interested in working with the platform because you brought back. Yeah, we could go on and on. Um, is there anything else that anybody wants to say before we wrap it up? Um, I have my Pearl Jam joke. We never got to talking about Sirius oh, yes. XM radio, but it was just a playlist with Better Man nine times. And what's that other Pearl Jam song I had on there? Her, some daughter or something that's yeah. the other big pearl jam song yeah it was better man nine times uh daughter and then last kiss and that's <laughs> that's pearl jam radio and I, I didn't put that other one that other like alive like ah, nah, nah. i yeah, didn't put yeah, that yeah. one on because i'm like whenever you go to any other radio station there's like a one in five chance that song's just playing anyway um so like i didn't think that needed to be in you just you just <laughs> turn the station and then there's like it's like a kind of a gamble that that might be there so and to, to place this in some context, I bought a new car and I got a Sirius XM satellite radio subscription with it. And I, I'm renovating my kitchen and living room and I have been using that subscription on my phone. And I have found that I enjoy satellite radio, which is a terrifying revelation for me because I've always thought that it's stupid and I still think that it's stupid. But like there's certain stations that I've found that I've like just put on and I like set it and forget it and just left it on for the day. And like over the course of six to seven hours, they just nailed it. Every single song was something like I wanted to listen to at that time in yeah, a way that this a little bit in a way I that some, no yeah. Spotify playlist has ever hit. And it's stupid it's really and I will never pay for it. But this weekend I was like, man, I kind of get it. I kind of get why Gen X people love it. I kind no, of understand I it now. I'm chirping, but I definitely 100% understand that feeling. There's something about Spotify because we know it's so algorithm based, at least on like 98% of the playlist. It just feels off. There's something about it that doesn't feel organic, which is strange. Um, but I don't pay for SiriusXM radio because just oh, purely, on the, purely on the purely on the the situation is when I bought my car for years, they called me hounding me hounding me trying to get me to get SiriusXM radio, and I did not want it. And so I stand staunchly against them, but that this feeling of uh, needing curation to cut through the noise because there's so much media in this case, like music media right now is, is a very real problem. And Spotify doesn't hit it perfectly for everyone. I, for example, use Sonos radio all the time for similar vibes. I just find that like a couple of Maybe those stations on there, get my, get my vibe and the music is always good to me. So as much as I harsh against it, I know that like feeling of finding a really good like station, something that's actually curated that, can be really fun and really like entertaining in a way that like listening to your Spotify playlists over and over again, or some algorithmically generated playlist just doesn't hit the same niche. And like, I don't, I don't like, it's the circumstances that I'm in right now too, where like I'm doing work. I don't want to be like messy work. I'm covered in dust. I don't want to be like going on my phone all the time that, that make it kind of click with me a little bit better. Like the one playlist that I had was called like the emo project. And it's just like mid two thousands emo, which is extremely my shit, just like curated by someone who seemed like they were the exact same age as me, who like grew up listening to the exact same music. 
with like the occasional newer song dropped. It was just, I was like, shit, maybe there is something to human curation of music that like algorithms just can't hit. And like, I will never pay for this. And I know that it's not worth it. And that I, I still truly think that Sirius XM and all satellite radio will die within the next five to 10 years. But could morph something, into something similar to so or more. Radio. Yeah, more morph into something else. But something something clicked. And I was like, damn, like, I, I kind of get this for the first time. It's kind of interesting. It's almost like and this isn't an exact sort of like similar to what we were talking about yesterday in the office about like TV bundling and unbundling and bundling and unbundling packages in the way that they're kind of unbundling uh, now. Um, but music, it's like, I remember, I want to say around maybe 10 years ago or so that like, there was all these like apps like Songa and Pandora that were all like very playlist, tons tons. playlist based. And maybe those are still out. Maybe they're not. But I feel like Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, and this sort of standard unlimited streaming just sort of wiped them out and replaced them with their playlists. But I could see I maybe... I think Pandora is still big in, in the US. I don't think it ever came to Canada. No, okay. never came that, that would maybe... Since Songs though was a thing though, wasn't it? I think There's Google songs. bought it and built it into Google Play Music. Who knows if it's still involved. Because it was but... algorithm-based, if I remember. Mm -hmm. But the, it was not about how it was doing it, but the fact that it was like... Google's over there talking to me now. Um, it, it was doing this like curation for us and yep. perhaps now just living in the world of like endless music for, you know, five, seven, ten years now, we're in for another stage of like people just need curation. I've been finding myself before I was starting to hook back into Sonos music was I was going to YouTube and just looking for like hour long, like chill mixes and stuff. I've like done that, that just to too. like keep things playing without having to think about it and without having to be like disappointed by Spotify and having, maybe there's something about the like want for control with like Spotify. It's like, Oh, I don't like the song. Got to skip it with another one. It's like, well, it's on. And usually it's pretty good. That's so what it was cool. for me. I don't know. Yeah. There's like something I there. I control it even if I wanted to, which was kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. Almost, nice uh, almost all the music I listen to is human curated because my wife is the, the resident DJ in our home. <laughs> She, she, she just picks like what we're listening to and i'm like okay john just like grabs the camera turns it and jade's in the back like, <laughs> <laughs> okay let's wrap it up we've gone way over that's it thanks for listening to the syrup cast you can find me on twitter at, at patrick underscore o'rourke and of course on mobile syrup.com bennett where can people find you catch me on mastodon at no i'm kidding uh and hive yeah. and watching yeah. twitter burn yeah, you can find me everywhere except for Mastodon at the Brad Fad. Um, although if Twitter goes down, that name will change because then I'm not locked into the verification. And I thought about it. I think if it can't you goes change, down, it? I will change it. You can't you, you can't, can't change, change your the name? handle no. once you're verified? Maybe you, I, I thought you told me you couldn't. So, I, but yeah, I've been like locked in. It's kind of corny. I but think. We'll see I think happens. Elon Musk tweeted that you can change your name because there's that thing with Doja Cat, which I think was fake, where he she like changed her name to Elon Musk. I I don't know. I I, I think it might be be soon possible yeah i think you can change your name but not your handle Maybe i think what it is it's either this is the way it is now or it's the way it's going to be in the future but musk has basically said that it's going to be when you change Twitter's your name temporarily you lose the verified sticker until twitter determines that your name change doesn't violate their terms of service and then you'll get yeah. the verified badge back until but i don't know who's going to check that because musk fired yeah. everybody who works there until Twitter determines that you're not making fun of Elon Musk, and then it's okay. Yeah, to change it. yeah. Elon Musk would check it check. himself, but if you're not verified, there's no way to get through to him. So, <laughs> gotta spend the money, I guess, for a month and get in. You have that to call phone. him with your Tesla. Yeah, the, the Musk phone. And John, where can people find you? 
you can find me on Twitter uh, as long as it remains alive um, at John underscore Lamont. That's J-O-N underscore L-A-M-O-N-T. I also made a sub stack so that I can post my work you did, uh, yeah, if true. Twitter cool. uh, dies. Um, so you can find me on Substack. Uh, it's johnlamont.substack.com. Um, I'm just going to do a weekly little newsletter. That's just a list of what I post on mobile syrup. That's a good way to do it. It's a great I idea. I was about how to like back up my own stuff. And it's like, I've got my own like personal website that I like once a year will like throw some articles up, but it's, it's, it's what I do quick. Yeah. I need to make a website. That's on my to-do list. I haven't done it. I used to have one. And as always, you can find all of our content on mobileserve.com and also follow us on Twitter at, and Instagram at, at mobile syrup. Thanks for listening and watching. See you. See you on the other side. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm.